0: Welcome to Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, where each week I answer your questions. Good morning. For this episode, I am doing things a little bit differently. I usually answer questions for Monday mornings with Dr. Mona, but I have been getting a lot of questions in my question box on my social media account about toddler constipation. So I am using this Monday mornings with Dr. Mona to talk about toddler constipation. So three to 10% of toddlers and above. So school aged children can have constipation and it is Tough. I don't think people understand how hard it is, no pun intended, to have a constipated toddler or child. If you also have been constipated, it is very uncomfortable and can be very painful. And so with our child, whether they are pre-verbal or not, it is something that can be very bothersome to them. On this episode, I'm going to be going over some things to consider, you know, what we would ask you if you're coming into the office with constipation in your toddler, and also how I manage my son, Ryan, who is, you know, about 23 months at the time of this recording um, when he is showing signs of constipation. I hope it will really help you understand how to tackle this for your child. So things that we would want to ask you if you're coming into the office and your child is constipated, how long has this been going on for? Is this something recent? Has there been any changes? So such as like, you know, starting potty training, changes in activity, stressors, these can all affect our bowel habits. Um, Is this something that was going on since birth? Did they pass poop when they were a newborn? Did they have issues with constipation from that time? We want to know what's going on here. We also wanna know hydration status, foods that they're eating, although to be honest, sometimes toddlers can be constipated despite good hydration and fiber intake. Some children are just more prone to it, but it's important to know, well, what are we doing with hydration, activity, and the foods that we eat? We wanna know if there is blood in the stool. This is gonna be very important because if there is blood in the stool, constipation, we wanna know is that because of straining? Is there something else that we need to evaluate for with a GI specialist? What have you used in the past in terms of medicines, um, over the counter prescription? So maybe you've just done, you know, water and different foods, but have you used any specific medications? What has helped? How much did you use it? How often did you use it? Did you have a regimen? This is going to be important for us to go forward. If this is something that has occurred in the past, we want to know well, what hasn't worked? What's changed now? And if we need to make any changes to the medication remedy an important question I want to know is what is their regular pooping pattern? This is so important and regularity can depend person to person, even as adults, right? Some of us can poop multiple times a day and some of us will poop every other day and normal poop will will be that soft poop. It doesn't have to be super diarrhea-like, that's not what we want, but I'm talking like that non- pebble, poop, non, you know, looks like a sausage with like little lumps in it. I'm talking just like nice formed stool that looks almost like the shape of our colon, um, if you will, just like long and, you know, poop talk. I didn't, I don't think you guys realized how much we'll be talking about poop this episode, but that's important to me because everyone's pattern is different, including toddlers, but we want to know what their regular pattern is because that's going to be how we can know if we need to intervene. If they're straying from that, that's how I know that I need to intervene with my own son, Ryan. So the first things that we can think about on managing constipation, food. So different types of food such as fruit, vegetables, and fiber. So things like pears, beans, oat quinoa black beans i love quinoa and black beans combo because it's great for fiber and it can really help with pooping veggies avocado mangoes peaches papayas pears i mentioned pineapples plums prunes any fruit juice or fruit with a p and then all the other vegetables and fruits that i mentioned are really good to increase the fiber intake for our children limiting milk if our toddlers are drinking you know more than 24 ounces of milk or dairy products that can lead to constipation it doesn't mean that all children who consume a lot of dairy will have constipation but for some children it may another thing is increasing water intake so ideally for a child who's one to three years old, six cups a day, and then seven cups a day for a child who's older than three. But this can be hard sometimes to measure, but we definitely want to up water intake for our children because dehydration can lead to dehydration in the colon, leading to constipation. Remember, the reason why we get constipated is water has been removed from our poop and it becomes very hard. And so it's going to be harder to pass, which can be a very vicious cycle, which I'll get into. So the other thing is increasing activity, right? So, if your child's a little bit older school age and is very sedentary, we want to know that we are increasing physical activity because that helps us move our bowels along. Um, Obviously, hydration is going to be important too, um, but we know that toddlers tend to be very active just by nature, but we want our school-age children to be active as well. Now, the hardest reality about constipation is that it can snowball. So what happens is that just say a child has pain with, with passing a poop, so it hurts. So they hold it, right? Because it hurts them. They don't want to pass it because it's painful. So when they hold it, water ends up getting eliminated from the colon and it becomes harder, leading to more pain and the cycle continues. So it is a vicious cycle, right? Because they hold the poop because it hurts. When they hold the poop, water gets eliminated from it. And then now they're holding it more. So painful withholding can happen with changes in routine, changes in diet, pressuring with potty training, right? They get scared and then they end up holding it. Stress and again, prior pain. So if they've had prior pain, they're going to feel scared and they're going to feel like I don't want to pass this poop. Now, if your child is stool withholding, I definitely encourage you to speak to your child's clinician. I'm not going into detail on stool withholding in this episode because I think it warrants an entire discussion. Maybe I'll have a GI doctor come on. But for stool withholding, your doctor may recommend Miralax, and orsena, which are medications that can help soften the poop and help it be eliminated from the colon. Sometimes they'll do that for one to two days. These are both safe medications and something that should not be feared because it can really help a child who's constipated when we've used all the other things, you know, limited milk, increased fiber, fruit, veggies, increased water intake, all of those things. Sometimes we need medication. If they're trying to maintain proper bowel habits and, you know, routine with softer poops, your child may get prescribed Miralax and Senna again, just for a maintenance level. And again, I'll talk about stool withholding in another episode. Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Are you looking for something different to entertain your kids? Check out a new podcast for children. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, is a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. Math is geared towards kids six and up, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. I love how the episodes are under 20 minutes, which was perfect for our drive to school. And my four-year-old really loved the episode, The Pirate Queen. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras' Ancient Greece, the Era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and so much more. New episodes drop every Thursday, and I love how engaging, funny, and educational the episodes are. Your kids won't even realize they're learning about math and problem solving. My son even said he wanted to finish the episode on our drive home from school. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts I do want to talk about these common medications, because the goal of these medicines that are often prescribed or over-the-counter is to get your child to a poop that is softer, like a sausage, right, is what we describe it like. Um, So it's not pebble poop, it's not very lumpy with little clumps in it, and it's not diarrhea, right? It's just smooth and it's not painful. That's what we want. We want that sort of poop where the child is not uncomfortable and it looks softer, So there's three main medicines that I'm going over and then also something called suppositories. Lactylose, Senna, Miralax or polyethylene glycol, and then glycerin suppositories. So obviously you have your fiber-rich foods, your fruit juices if you want it for constipation, water and exercise. But this is now if you're going into your child's clinician and they're talking to you about these certain medicines. The first is lactulose. Now, lactulose helps relieve constipation by drawing water into the bowel to make poo softer. So the most common side effect can be the opposite, which is diarrhea and gas, but this is usually short-lived. It can take about 48 hours to work. This is very similar in terms of um, mechanism of action to something like a Miralax. Miralax, or polyethylene glycol, which is the active ingredient in Miralax, is an osmotic agent which works naturally with the water in the colon to basically draw water into the poop. This is done via something called osmosis. So the water increases the stool volume, stretches the wall of the bowel, triggering the defecation reflex so that the digestive system can be unblocked naturally. So it helps draw in water. It creates that trigger that, hey, I got to poop and the stool can come out a little more softer. Than if you never used it. There's a lot of misconception about Miralax that it's unsafe, that it leads to neurological damage. I mean, stuff that I've read on social media is just so false. This is not true. This medication has been proven safe and effective by GI doctors, by urologists who deal with you know issues with bedwetting due to constipation. This is a medicine that is perfectly safe to use short term and long term. Of course, we want to try to find some natural remedies such as increased fiber, water intake, and exercise. But if that doesn't work, we need our child to be comfortable. And this is a medicine along with lactulose that can really help your child poop. So I don't want you to fear it. Now, another medicine that might be recommended is something called Senna, which is a laxative to help relieve constipation, different than polyethylene glycol or Miralax. Senna works by encouraging the muscles in your bowel to move stools through your body. So this will help you or your child go to the toilet. It usually can take about 8 to 12 hours to work. This type of laxative makes your body go by forcefully and directly stimulating the nerves in your colon. So this causes the muscles of the intestinal wall to contract and help push the stool along. Some of the side effects of Senna can be that because of the way that they work on the nerves, it can lead to cramping or all of a sudden go the other way and lead to diarrhea. So we do obviously titrate these doses appropriately for children, um, but this is a medicine that can also help in combination with Miralax. And your child's clinician or your child's GI doctor will discuss the regimen that's necessary for your child. But I wanted to go over those three main medicines because these are the ones that are commonly used. I feel like from a general pediatrician standpoint, Standpoint, we utilize Miralax and Lactalose more. We sometimes use Senna, but I find that GI doctors tend to use more Senna because if the Miralax or Lactalose isn't working. Another common over-the-counter regimen is something called glycerin suppositories. So this is a suppository is something that we insert into the rectum. So this could be either a pill or a a small syringe that's meant for the rectum. And this is something that's usually recommended to and above, although I have recommended it for my younger patients after discussing the benefit and risk of this medicine. So if your child is under two, Definitely speak to your child's clinician. Personally, this is not medical advice for anyone. So I want you to come up with a regimen that's meant for your child with the doctor who knows your child. But the way glycerin works is that it's also a laxative. It works by causing the intestines to hold more water, which softens the stool. And so it can treat occasional constipation or it can be used to cleanse the bowel before a rectal exam or an intestinal procedure but it's really important to remember that this medicine is an as-needed medicine and should not be used on a regular basis I find that sometimes parents see the relief of a glycerin suppository and then that's the first line it shouldn't be the first line the first line For any constipation, should be natural remedies first, which include increasing water intake, fiber-rich foods, you know, prune juice, pineapple juice, pear juice, um, fruits with a pea. That is my first goal. And then we go towards things like, okay, we can see if the glycerin suppository is needed for an occasional constipation. If it's an ongoing thing, things like Miralax, Colace, Senna. So now I want to go over how I manage my son's constipation. And this, again, is not medical advice. I want you to just listen to this so you have a framework on how I approach it and how actually I discuss toddler constipation with my families. So first off, I look at his regularity. So like I said, every child is going to have different regularity. So for him, it's stooling every day by 11 a.m. and having a couple stools a day. But I know that if he doesn't stool by 11 a.m., this is just how I know him and his regularity, I know that he may be backed up. So I stay a little bit ahead of the game, and I give prune juice, which is my favorite go-to old-school remedy for constipation. You know, people get concerned that it has a high sugar intake. Remember, prunes are naturally occurring sugar. So I look for a juice that has no added sugar, and it does have about 28 grams of naturally occurring sugar, but I give him four ounces. Um, You know, you can give basically however old in months the child is, you can give that many ounces, but I kind of max out at four. So a four-month-old can have four ounces an eight month old, four ounces, if you will, a one month old, one ounce. But again, I look at his regimen. I look at his routine and then I'll give him four ounces of prune juice. And one of the biggest things that I find important is coaching through the constipation. So I give the four ounces of prune juice and I coach him through the bearing down. And if you watch my reel from today, Um, the day I debuted this episode, I talk about how like you become like a constipation doula. You have to talk to them about relaxing their muscles and breathing through the pain. And I verbally talk him through bearing down and pooping. I think this is so important because they get so overwhelmed by the pain that they feel like they can't poop. So I literally stand with him and I go, you can do this. I know it hurts you. You can do it. You can poop. And I become that doula, almost like someone giving birth. And I really encourage you to watch my reel because it tends to be like, that when you're coaching your child through constipation. If by the end of the day, he's still straining and has not passed a bowel movement. I do give a glycerin suppository, but remember he's been straining and he also is not going. If he hasn't gone, but he's not straining. So he doesn't seem bothered by it. I give it another day and try prunes again the next morning. So four ounces again. And I repeat that cycle. If he's still not going, straining continues, I have given a glycerin suppository, nothing has happened, then I go to things like Miralax, right? Um, And I'll give like a fourth capful. But again, you want to talk to your child's uh, pediatrician on dosing recommendations. So far, Ryan is almost two. I've never had to use Miralax, and I've only had to use a suppository once. But the goal is to look at your child's regularity, know their patterns so you know when to intervene when you need to intervene. Now you have to come up with the regimen for your child. I'm giving you what works for my son, but that may not be what works for your child. That's why I want you to talk to your child's clinician for coming up with a pattern. They will talk to you about benefits and risk of all the -the over-the-counter medicine. They will talk to you about the benefit and risk of prescription medicine. And it's really important that we stay on top of the constipation so that they don't get to a point where they're withholding it. It draws out water from the poop and it becomes more constipated, leading to more pain and more constipation. Thank you for tuning in today. If you find this series helpful or any of my content helpful, please make sure to share it on your social media channel because that is how other people can find this resource. So thank you so much for joining us and I will talk to you next week.